Hello and welcome to Artemis H Life. I'm John Reynolds and this is the podcast that looks at the relationship between our world and the creative arts through the eyes of creatives. On today's episode I talked to JC who's a young woman who runs a transgender beauty YouTube channel. On her channel she talks about a lot of different things such as coming out as transgender, she's also done a 40 hairstyle beauty tutorial, she also loves to act and write and we talk a lot about how her life has influenced her writing. I hope you enjoy today's episode. I've been doing a lot more beacon, so I guess one side of it's good, but another isn't. The good thing about bacon is like you put all that work into it and you can eat it as well. Whereas like for yeah. painting and stuff, like it's fun to do all the painting, but then like when you finish it, it's just there. You can eat it, so it's like <laughs> yeah, you're just looking at it. Well, that was fun. <laughs> when did you um, first decide to set up your YouTube channel then? Oh, um, well, before I transitioned, I had a YouTube channel and I just used to do like short movies and like bits and bobs like that. But after I transitioned, I only started, I only started it a year ago. So I'm still like new to YouTube as GC. So did you come out a year ago? when you transitioned? Oh, no. I came out five years ago this December. That's amazing. So, in a long time. <laughs> so it took you four years to like uh, to transition then? Oh, no. Like, I socially transitioned after a year of coming out. Um, not to me whole family, you know, just bit by bit, you know, um, so I could get used to it myself. Um, but like, if you say like a full transition, then it was two years ago. Could you tell me a little bit about your story? Like when do you realize that you were trapped in the wrong body and something wasn't right and you needed to, to change to be like who you really were? Yeah. Well, um, I explained this in my very first YouTube video that I've done, which is about my story. Um, but I just, I, from like the age of five, six, I, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I was different from all the boys, you know, that played football, you know, and were just like rough, if you get me. Um, I just, I was more softer and I hung around with girls and... I didn't like football and I just knew that something, you know, was just not what it seemed to be. And um, around like the age of 11, 12, that's when I sort of clicked because I was on YouTube and I came across a YouTube channel called Gigi Gorgeous and I was watching her videos and I was like, that's me. I was like, that, that's, that's who I am. So... Yeah, it all started thanks to Gigi. So was that channel kind of like, did that make you think and question yourself and then yeah. help you become the person that you are today? Yeah. That's amazing. Though. I watched the videos and I was like, oh, okay, okay, fair enough, that's me. But I was scared to accept, accept it. So I first came out as bi and I was like, hmm no no then I came out as gay and I was still like mm, not really no 
So I just, I just one day I just bit the bullet and done it. So what kind of videos does she do? Is it like videos about being transgender, or is it a lot of like beauty videos that you do as well, or is it just a mix? I think it's just a mix, really. Um, obviously, that the fact that she's trans is incorporated into the YouTube channel, so videos every now and then, like uh, the time I got this surgery or reacting to past videos and stuff like that. But yeah, she just does a mix, really. Because I think it's great that there's so many channels like that and like your own channel out there, but do you think a lot of the stories about trans people being sheltered from the mass media and mass entertainment? Or? Yeah, yeah, like we've, we've came a long way and that I can say, but there's still, you've still got so much to, so far to go, sorry. Um, but yeah, I feel like the majority of trans stories are hidden from the media. And a lot of them seem to be like, either like whitewashed or like, it seems to be like a cisgender person playing the trans person. And like, I know it's acting, but do you think um, more transgender actors like yourself should have the role as transgender characters? Or do you think it doesn't matter about the... Well, if a straight cisgendered man, you know, has the courage to you know, play with gender roles and gender norms, then so be it. But at the same time, that straight cis person is never gonna be able to understand or get the emotions right of a trans person. So I feel like it's more, it's better that a trans person plays, you know, trans characters. Because... I think this is something that we've talked about in private, kind of like the fact that um, and when when there is a role with a transgender person in it, it's always kind of like the whole character. It's the fact that they're trans, so the Danish yeah. girl or um, Jared Leto in um, Dallas Buyers Club. The whole point yeah. of the character is they're a trans character. Do you think there should be more films and TV shows where there are trans characters who are more kind of no. like, obviously they need to, dis- yeah, well, they need to discuss the issue because obviously it's a big issue that defines part of who you are but it's not the entirety of who you are do you think we should have more most definitely like when i was doing like my short my short movies and all that um when i sort of had an idea of who i was um i'd done a lot of stuff like the character was i wouldn't say trans but was different and um but that wasn't the focus of the story. That was a part of it, you know, but the plot was something, you know, not related. Can you tell me a little bit about your short stories? I mean, your short films, because I've not, um, I've not seen any of them and I haven't, like, found them. <laughs> well, they are on private now. Huh. Um, just to save me a lot of embarrassment. <laughs> But, like, I was fascinated with, like, the horror genre. Um, that was, like, a big thing for me because growing up, shouldn't have, but I watched, I watched a lot of horror movies. And um, it was just stuff like that. And it wasn't scripted. It was just um, improv. So it was just as it happened. So, yeah. Was it just with your friends then? Did you direct them or were you... 
I was an actor, a director, a producer. That's <laughs> I amazing. <ended. laughs> but yeah, it was a fun time. Could you talk a little bit about then the um, kind of like what needs to change in our society? Because I still I can't believe that in 2020 there are still still people that wouldn't like class you as a woman. I saw this poll that was just shocking. It said. Um, I think it came out in February 2020, and it was a YouGov, call, a YouGov poll. It said um, 37% of people disagreed with the statement a transgender woman's a woman, and more men disagreed with the statement than agreed. What do you think is the problem? Do you think it's lack of education or insecurity? Or mm, It could be a number of things. It could be lack of education. It could be the way they were raised. It could be them feeling insecure that you know trans people exist and yeah it's a bit of a a hard one because I've accepted the fact that biologically I'm not I'm never going to be a woman and so I've sort of came to that you know realization but I don't even see myself as a born man anymore. I associate myself with being female so much. I am just a woman. And I'm I'm lucky in a sense because I was born three months early and um my hormone levels hadn't um you know settled properly to where they should have been. Um so I like to think I'm a lot you know I'm, I'm a lot more feminine. So I'm lucky in that sense but there's a there's people out there that get a rough time, you know. But I think, yeah, I think it's definitely shielded from the curriculum because I'm thinking back to sex ed classes and they were very sort of like straight, um, heterosexual dominated and there wasn't anything there for LGBT students, especially whenever the issue of transgender came up when I was younger and I saw it like on the TV or something. I got very kind of like confused and I had so many questions, but then I thought it was something that we were being protected from, but I don't understand why we're being protected from it when there are so many, it's such a big issue that affects so many people and we really need to be working towards making a more accepting world for that. What do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. Like the only time I heard about um, transgender people or gay people or you know, bisexual people in school was when we learn about certain religions that don't accept and um, some countries that find it, you know, but still think it's illegal, stuff like that. That's the only time that, you know, you're ever taught about situations like that. Yeah, I just, I don't understand. Did you have to do a lot of the kind of looking out for the information yourself? Did you have to go to can you recommend any places for, I don't know, other trans people who might be listening, who might want to read about what happened or for people like myself who want to learn more about, uh, about trans issues? Yeah. Well, there's a great, um, documentary on Netflix called Disclosure. Um, and it's absolutely brilliant if you want to get a basic understanding of what it means to be transgender and, you know, the way transgender feel about certain situations that 
a great thing to watch if you want to, you know, educate yourself. So what's that about? Because I didn't get a chance to watch it. It's um, basically, um, there's, there's um, trans actors and actresses in it, um, Laverne Cox, um, I think Amy Riley. Um, but it's just them talking about certain movies and um, Marsha P. Johnson, The Stonewall Riots, um, and how it all started, really, and the way certain movies block out certain facts to make it appeal more, which I think is wrong, but gotta do what you gotta do in the movie biz. <laughs> exactly, I'll definitely check it out, and I think Marsha's definitely come more into the, the mainstream recently with the Black Lives Matter movement. A lot of people are realising, because obviously what's happening in America and it's Pride Month, we're kind of seeing how those two issues intersect. Is she like a inspiration to you at all? Yeah, definitely, because she went along, you know, along with many other people, got the ball rolling. You know, they, they fought you know, for my place, you know, for me to, you know, go into a club or a pub or just walk in the streets without being judged. Still get judged, but, you know, it's a lot easier than it was. Do you think it's easy to kind of ignore the people who do judge you and kind of, like, realise that they're not not worthy of, like, even looking at you, let alone interacting with you? How do you deal with that sort of pressure? Well, when I first started my transition, I was so conscious of what people thought of me. I um, I strive to be this perfect feminine embodiment of a woman. So for me, that meant short skirts revealing tops, heels, you know, all that stuff. And I was so conscious because I used to go to a group in Liverpool um, called Gyro or Gyro. Not sure how it's pronounced, but it's um, an LGBT group. And I remember we had to queue outside, you know, before we go in. And because obviously there's bold letters on the building saying LGBT centre you know obviously people looked and all that and I would feel so intimidated I couldn't even look at other people you know I was so conscious I was like oh they're gonna know I'm trans or like oh I can't do this you know type of thing and I just I'd clam up and I'd get really upset about it but as time's gone on you know I am who I am and there's nothing that no one's going to be able to do to change that, you know, so if someone, you know, says rude words to me in the street, you know, if they recognise me from YouTube or Instagram or maybe school or college, um, it's just a brush off your shoulders type of situation because my eyes I'm a bigger person than they'll ever be you know I think it's amazing hearing that and like comparing that to now and like your YouTube channel it's so confident and I'm sure it's inspired a lot of people to to come out themselves and maybe help them come to terms with who they are did you see the first video that you did you know the 
the whole coming out video, did you see that as um, something that you needed to do or did you see it as something that you wanted to do to kind of come to terms with who you are? Well, I wouldn't say needed to do it because, you know, I didn't have to be so open and honest as I was. Um, but I felt like, I don't know how to explain it. In a sense, I felt like I needed to, but at the same time, I just wanted to, you know, because I spent so much of my life hiding who I was. You know, I was just like, I just want to be bold and just express, you know, who I am and tell my story. Yeah. So, yeah. But I've also got to be careful. Because if I'm too bold, that's when all the hate comes streaming in. And God knows there's a lot of that. <laughs> I think you deal with it so well. Um, I can't imagine, like, the kind of stuff that you've been through. And, like, I just find it so sad that there are people that have nothing better to do than put you down when you're you're so strong and, like, nothing that they can say can can get to you and it's obviously not true yeah i also like how you read the videos are not necessarily transgender related so you've done the one in like the 1940s hair do you Mm -hmm. feel there should be more kind of like beauty tutorials for for trans people of like interesting styles like that Hmm. yeah most definitely there should be a wide range of you know subjects on YouTube that appeal to different trans people. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Where did you get the idea to do the 40s hair? Is that something you've done yourself or did you try to do it yourself and then did that in the well, video? Like, as a child, I was always fascinated with World War II and it's only as of lately that I've got into the fashions and you know the way people wore the hats and all that type of stuff and I was just scrolling through Instagram and I saw this lovely model and she had this she had long hair longer than mine and um she had this lovely 40 years type of style and I was like I want to do that so I tried it and took gosh it took about seven tries (laughs) to finally get it to where it was but um, you know, finally done it, and I was proud of myself. This <laughs> should be it look great. Do you think you'll try any other styles like eighties or? I'm not sure if I'm ready for that back home <laughs> hairspray. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I was thinking of doing a series on YouTube, like um, like hairstyles or like fashion throughout the decades. Um which I thought would be interesting. But I'm not sure on that one. Just as, just as, yeah. How about your acting? Have you got any more films planned or are you in the process of writing something at the moment? Well, funny you should say. Um, a few days ago, I started writing a script. And it's not about, you know, the character isn't trans. Um, it's just that the character is dealing with some emotional you know a lot of stress and um it's a pre-covid world 
um, but she's just dealing with a lot of stuff at home and you know just stuff like that and it's like a coming of age you know type style um, but yeah I'm not sure how far I'll get with it but it's just past time really it's great though that like I feel people who act will also want eventually to start writing and stuff did you start when did you start acting then I started acting back in I want to say 2014 um, and I was um, in LHK Productions and I starred in Bugsy Malone on the Epstein Epstein Theatre um, so that was like my first jump into acting with no prior experience and it was it was so good and just to see like all my family in the audience and you know everyone clapping especially on the last night there was a standing ovation and the feeling that you know I got from it was just amazing it's like a drug you know you just yeah, want exactly. more <laughs> Because I'm, I'm making films with like, my brother and our friends and I absolutely love acting in front of a camera, but there's absolutely nothing like acting or performing in front of a stage. Like, how do you feel when there's an audience there? Well, don't get me wrong. I'm not sure if you've ever felt this, but like when you've done something wrong or when you feel embarrassed, you get like this flush of coldness and warmth. And that's the first thing I feel when I walk onto stage. And obviously you've got all the lights, so it sort of blocks that, um, you know, so you can't see the audience as much. Um, but still, you can hear, you can hear everything. You know, you can hear a crinkle of a paper, you can hear someone cough. And this one time, um, when I was in my second um, stage performance, and it was Dream Team and Search for the Sandman on the Royal, Royal Court, um, someone shouted in in the audience, and I jumped. <laughs> I, I, I went, jumped and all I just stood there, and I was like, I felt a bug on me. I don't know, what, you know, trying to like play it off, um, because I think it was like a jungle scene. So I was like, oh, there's a bug on me. <laughs> What was it like yeah. performing at the Royal Court? Because I absolutely, I absolutely love that venue, and I've seen so many great plays there. It was, it was really good. It, it really was. Um, I just keep wanting to say it's such a buzz. It's such a buzz because it, it genuinely is. It's, it's the best feeling ever. <laughs> Do you ever get stage fright like before you go on? Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. There was this one time where. I walked on stage when I wasn't supposed to, and I'd done it twice in in the space of five seconds. And I, and I was so nervous to go on for my part. I was like, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. I was like, I'm scared. <laughs> you know, but I got through it. I think a good thing is you can just improvise. Like, I went to see like one of our friends performing on the stage and like, there was a scene where all of it was sister act and like all of their characters had to be in like the congregation where all the nuns sat and like our friend was like late coming on and she's like sorry 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 and we didn't realize until after that it wasn't part of the show she just kind of like improvised that and like we thought that made it funnier so 
before I go on stage, I always feel like so. I don't know. I always feel like something awful is going to happen, but then it never does. And it's kind of like, do you think it's the feeling after you finish yeah, a show that makes it worth it? Yeah, because yeah, adrenaline's at its at its peak. And you know, when you go through the cast or you know to go home, you know, there's people out there and they're telling you how good you're done and what part made them laugh and who they booed at, you know, and. It's it's such a, a reward and feeling. It's it's so good to feel appreciated, you know, for what you love to do. So you in a drama club then, or do you just kind of like appear and stuff whenever? Yeah, well, I was first. I was in LHK Youth Productions, um, but this that was around the time that I was question questioning my gender and sexuality, and. Um, what you call it, I was just so insecure and I ended up leaving because I felt bullied, even though I wasn't, it was just people acting, you know, like doing what they do, you know, um, trying to get to the top type thing, um, but I didn't realise that. So then I ended up going to, what was it called? I think it was called RC Youth Group and that's Royal Court. Um, youth group and I was there for one show well one show but on a few different nights and that was the last time I acted which was 2015 no I think 20 like 16 17 are you dying to get back into it then yeah definitely (laughs) Well, like a lot of stuff has happened, especially in 2017. My life changed for the worst. Um, so that sort of, um, I just lost interest in everything that I used to love. Um, so um, I've only just found a love for acting again, you know, when, because I'm writing a book at the moment. Not sure how far that's going to get. Oh. Um you know, I'm writing a book and it sort of inspired me to, oh, maybe I should write a script on the book. And then the script got me into, you know, reading monologues online and just wanting to get back into acting. But then here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask anything about the book? Is it a novel or? Yeah, it's, um, it's about that um, thing that happened in 2017 when, I lost my mum um, when I was 14 and it's just about that and um, what what the grief was like and um, it's also um, a book like that shows how much of a great person she was so yeah that's what the book's about. <laughs> oh, so it's kind of like a tribute to her? Yeah. Definitely. I love it when I, I read something and then afterwards I find out that like the author had been really inspired by it and like they turned, they kind of like immortalized someone close to them and made them someone that other people can read about and like relate to and then fall in love with as well. So I, I find that really lovely. Mm-hmm. I'd like to finish by just asking you about um, Pose, the, um, the series on Netflix that you recommended. Could you tell me a little, about, a little bit about that? Yeah, well, it's, um, the first series is set in the 80s, 
um, during that um, during AIDS, um, and it's you know about that whole um, what you call it? I think it's called the ball scene. Um, so like drag queens and you know trans people used to all gather up and gay people and you know the LGBT community really and um, just used to gather up and just perform like um, like categories like RuPaul's Drag Race in a sense um, and it's just about um, it's just about that really and the struggles that and discrimination that trans people face and it's it's really good. So I'll definitely check it, check it out. So it's a drama about the yeah, the ball scene in the eighties and nineties. So is yeah. it did you have like a character you could relate to the most or? Oh gosh, I can't remember her name. Um I know the actress's name which is MJ Rodriguez Rodriguez. Um and I just relate to her so much like she's this mothering person. Um and you know, she just wants, she wants to see the best in everyone, or sometimes that's not what she gets. You know, and I just relate to her so much. I'm definitely going to check it out. Thanks so much, JC, for talking to me. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I really enjoyed talking to JC. She's a very inspirational woman, and I just loved seeing how she's used her own experiences to kind of influence her writing and her acting and And it's amazing how she's found the confidence to become the person that she's always been. That's all we've got time for for today, but until next time, bye-bye.